Welcome to episode six of the Family Geekery podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Amber. And I'm Danny. <laughs> Dan, Danny's not here. So on this episode, Danny is busy doing some uh, studying for some exams coming up this week. So she's not going to be with us. And I which, am sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is fine because I imagine uh, she might have been tuning out a lot of this episode anyways uh, based on the content, which we'll get into in a little bit. But before that, we're going to talk about uh, our past week. Amber, why don't you start us off with uh, anything geeky that you did this past week? Sure. I went to a draft of the Streets of New Capenna Magic the Gathering. This is the first week that it's been announced. Um, last weekend, or two weekends ago was the pre-release. Uh, I didn't get the chance to play that, but I did play draft the first week that it was around. Um, so that was pretty cool. This set isn't the best I've heard, but um, I've enjoyed it. So yeah, that's that's what I've done this past week. Cool. And uh, also, Amber and I got an opportunity to go to an arcade in town here. We are lucky enough to have a, a pretty nice arcade, one of those arcades that have a bunch of uh, retro machines and uh, pinball machines, and you pay one price to get in and just everything set on free play. What do you think about that arcade, Amber? I like it a lot because they have a really good uh, Crystal Castle machine, um, but... We, I also played some Burger Time, which is pretty fun. Um, it's a very cool place. Yeah, we're lucky to have it. Like I said, I uh, first heard about them a couple of years ago. They put a little post out on Facebook, and uh, I thought, oh, neat, you know, an arcade coming up in our town. And then uh, they, I, I clicked follow. So every now and then they'd put another post out, hey, we're still building up the, the uh, building, and we're acquiring a couple of machines and everything's going great. And then all of a sudden COVID hits. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. And I thought, Oh no, there's, there's no way uh, they can, they can hang out for a couple of years and not do anything, but they stuck to it. They took the opportunity to uh, get their place ready and they launched just as soon as it was safe to launch. And they've been going full steam, adding new machines all the time, uh, coming up with new events. They've got a neat event coming up. Amber, I just got an uh, advertisement for that. They're, uh, they have a autism awareness group coming and they're going to set oh. all the volume levels down low. They're going to turn off their background music. They're going to adjust the lighting to its, uh, to its, uh, comfortable for the people that will be visiting. And I think that's, uh, that's a really neat cause. That's that really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. We played some games. I had to put a couple high scores on some machines. I think I wiped out all the, all the high scores on the pole position machine. Luckily, Luckily, they do clear them out every now and then, or else I wouldn't be able to set any high scores on anything. But it's always fun to to go there and, and see your initials on a machine. Yeah. So that, that was a good time. So for this issue, sometime, for this episode, sometimes an episode topic just kind of falls in your lap. And what had happened, I was visiting a comic book store locally, and... Uh, and they had all their back issues in these big bins, and they had one bin full of magazines, and it was all comic-related magazines, most of them being wizard magazines. Now, if you're familiar with comics of the, the 90s and 2000s, you will know what the wizard magazine is, but if you don't, it's basically a, uh, a very high-quality magazine that came out in 91, right in the, uh, the height of 
all collecting, the collecting of comics becoming a, a big boost. And, uh, and it basically uh, featured comics, entertainment, would be movies and TVs, and other pop culture, all in this really nice magazine. It was basically the family geekery of magazines. I was going to say, time. sounds like what we so, do. <laughs> sounds familiar. I think they stole their idea from us. <laughs> oh, maybe Before we stole their born. idea. <laughs> if, if they're not the family geekery of, of magazines, then maybe we're the, the wizard of podcasts. <laughs> kind of like, like, like how that sounds. Yeah. The wizard of podcasts. Uh, but yeah, they, they featured a lot of comic book related stuff and, and I was just paging through these and found one that the, the big title in the front of it, the big article in the front of it said, top 50 comic book movies of all time. And I thought, oh, that's, that's got to be a neat list. Then I looked at the date on it and it, it was the issue came out in 2003. So I thought, oh, okay. So that eliminates all of our comic book <laughs> movies that we would think most of that would be on I the list. Most of the ones I grew up watching. Yeah, most of the ones. So, uh, so I was intrigued by that, so I bought that, and that's what we have for you today. We're going to run through, uh, we're going to kind of rattle right through 50 top comic book movies of all time, asterisk, if you were in 2003. <laughs> now, as, a, uh, as a, a deeper explanation, do not think of these as superhero movies, Think of these as comic book movies. So there are movies that are based on a comic book, which you may hear some some names on this list that you never thought would have been came from a comic book, um, and you may may have some surprises on these. So we're going to start right at the top here, number fifty, being Batman and Robin from nineteen ninety seven, starting off with a bang. <laughs> with, with an IMDb rating of 3.7. So the bar is set pretty low <laughs> on this list. So you've heard us in recent episode talk about the Batman movies, and this was not one of our faves, but uh, the synopsis for it says, Batman and Robin try to keep their relationship together even as they must stop Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy from freezing Gotham City. So the first couple lines of the first couple of words of that make it sound like a rom-com yeah right That's what I and robin thinking. are trying to keep their relationship together <laughs> uh, but yeah if, if we look at the cast of this movie uh, it had a lot no of reason big to, names no reason to be bad <laughs> but, uh, i mean i mean it's number 50 all time right so it's not bad <laughs> but we got george clooney so this was george clooney's uh, batman version of batman we got arnold schwarzenegger top top star of this time Chris O'Donnell was a rising star at the time. Uma Thurman, Alicia Silverstone. Um, we've got Vivica A. Fox, Elle McPherson. I mean, the list goes on. So this is this was a stacked cast. I mean, they're obviously uh, going off of the success of the first couple Batman movies and trying to uh, strike gold again. And as history tells us, maybe it wasn't as golden as as they thought it was going to be, but but it makes a list. <laughs> have you seen 15. this one? You seen this <laughs> no, one? No, I've not seen this one. No, we'll have to we'll have to play this one sometime. Not, I, I don't think it's horrible. It's just not not uh, not top ten at so least. So bad, it's good. <laughs> That's right. So ninety seven. We're gonna bring it on down to uh, number forty nine here. 
sticking in 1997 with a movie called Steel. The synopsis for this is a scientist for the military turns himself into a cartoon-like superhero when a version of one of his own weapons becomes used against enemies. So what's the first thing that that, uh, jumps out at you with this movie, Amber? Well, looking at the movie poster, big letters, almost as big as the title of the movie, says Shaq. And I was like, no way. Shaquille O'Neal in a comic book movie? I guess he does it all. (laughs) Well, he's been doing it all forever i mean his face is on just about every product today right. was um, this while he was playing basketball this was while he was playing basketball this was also while he was rapping <laughs> making video games uh doing, oh doing a little bit of everything so yeah he's he's uh he's a worker so this is uh obviously i don't think it it won any golden globes a 3.0 on the imdb rating um Based on a based on a comic book, so it makes the list. And I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a pre CGI heavy movie, why not grab guy like Shaq? We're gonna right. see we're gonna see other uh, movies in this list that that have figured out the same thing. Like uh, we don't have a lot of special effects, so let's just get the biggest dude we can find. <laughs> Which is a good segue for number forty eight, Red Sonia. Have you ever heard of Red Sonia? No. <laughs> okay, so Red Sonia was a female character that was a spin-off from the Conan series. Now, Conan, you've heard of Conan the Barbarian? Yes. Okay, so you've heard of Conan. Conan was a big comic book for Marvel. And they did uh, some giant size issues, you know, the big big comics like magazine size comics. They did a lot of those that were on the newsstand like in black and white. So it was a big series for for Marvel and they got a big actor to do Conan. We're going to see a couple of Conans on the list. But this is a 1985 spinoff from uh, from the Conan series where Red Sonia, played by Brigitte Nielsen. Have you heard of her? Nope. She was this is a this was a big year for her, 1985. She was also in Rocky IV, where she met her um, soon-to-be husband, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they got married right after filming Rocky IV. And had a, a wonderful 17 or 19 month relationship oh, before they got divorced. <laughs> it's not nice to laugh at someone's divorce <laughs> like that. But yeah, she was she was uh, living the dream right then, uh, um, doing some good, doing some good movies. Red Sonia wasn't bad. I remember seeing it back back then. I haven't seen it since, but I remember seeing it back then. And and the Conan movies were huge. I mean, any kind of like, I mean, this is got to remember. This is also in the. Uh, uh, the same age as like Clash of the Titans, you know, where action movies and involve shirtless dudes with big muscles. <laughs> so, so this was it wasn't wasn't a bad movie. I would put this uh, rightfully above those last two. All right, yeah. number forty-seven. Now, this movie I've never heard of. Well, I, I've probably <laughs> heard of it, but I've never seen it. But it doesn't look that bad. It's called Virus. Uh, so this is one of the uh, one of the ones that wouldn't be a superhero movie so much as it must have been uh, based off of a comic of some sort. And I'm not familiar with with the comic, but the synopsis says: After outrunning a typhoon at sea, a strong-willed tugboat navigator and her crew discover a high-tech alien life form that's taken control of a Russian research vessel and aims to destroy on a massive scale. So this is 1999, starring uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. It was also top of her game in this this time period. Yeah. I mean, she's been top of her game in her whole career. Freaky Friday. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's what you're going to pick. I say Jamie Lee Curtis, you say Freaky Friday. Okay. (laughs) No, no, like Halloween movies or. I haven't seen any of those. She was also in a movie with uh, a very, very great movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So that's that's one you should go see. Uh, Donald Sutherland, also in this great actor, William, William Baldwin, one of the Baldwin brothers. They were all big in the 90s. So, yeah, no, no, don't really know much. I guess it says it's based on a Dark Horse comic. So Dark Horse uh-huh. is one of the uh, the indie publishers um, that competed against the the big guys of Marvel and DC of the of the 90s. So very cool. Interesting. All right. We got a good one coming up here. What's what's next? <gasps> what? Number 46. The Fantastic Four, 1994. 1994, yes. Not the Fantastic Four that everybody might be thinking of, and not the other Fantastic Fours <laughs> that everybody might be thinking of. IMDb just played a little bit of the trailer, and the thing looks horrible. Oh, my gosh. This, <laughs> I, I, this was the height of my comic book, well, I guess a little bit after my comic book collecting days, and I've never seen this movie. I didn't know they made Fantastic Four movies before, like, the ones that I know. I, I don't have any recollection of this ever existing. <laughs> this looks like it was made in the, like, 60s. <laughs> <laughs> so 3.9 IMDb rating. Um, everybody knows the synopsis. When dosed with cosmic rays, four intrepid explorers are given incredible powers. You don't wow. say. <laughs> you might say they, they were given fantastic powers. Ha ha. Ha ha. So uh, cast wise, uh, not to offend anybody, but. I don't know any of these people. Nope. Not, <laughs> no, no one's jumping out at me. So uh, so we'll just jump right past that one and get on to number 45, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. So th- you've seen movie series before, Amber, that started off great and then just went too far yeah <laughs> made one movie too many and then once they make one movie too many they they disappear for a decade or two mm-hmm. this would be that movie 3.7 on the imdb rating oh no i think that's about right so the synopsis for this says the man of steel that's superman mm-hmm. crusades for nuclear disarmament and meets lex Luthor's latest creation nuclear man oh wow yeah so so lex awesome. Luthor was basically in, in most of these Superman early Superman movies, uh, played by Gene Hackman, great actor. He played the, he played the role perfectly. Um, but it's not like the Batman movies where they came up with a different villain for each movie. He was, <laughs> he was just kind of hanging out being bad in all the movies. And uh, in this case, he made Nuclear Man, which um, there, there's a joke to be said about DC Comics just adding the word man to the end of all of their, you know, yeah. all of their <laughs> heroes. You got Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Man, Batman, <laughs> Batman, and uh, Nuclear Man. So this one, I probably saw it back then. This is 1987, but I don't really recall it being very good. Actually, I do remember seeing this one, um, but yeah, it, it was not a, a blockbuster by any means. So, going on down to number 44, Conan the Destroyer. So, here we go with Conan in one of his uh, title films. How many were there? Arnold Schwarzenegger. This would have been the second movie. This is in 1984. Um, So, I think this was, they did two Conans and and then they did the Red Sonja. 
Okay. So in this one, Conan leads a ragtag group of adventurers on a quest for a princess. Okay. Okay. That's low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of movies, you take out the word Conan, put in somebody else's name, and, right. and it becomes that movie. But, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Right. So we got, so we got Conan, Grace Jones, um, Wilt Chamberlain, basketball superstar Wilt Chamberlain. He's Wait, like a really? Seven, yeah, seven-footer, <laughs> so he must play some kind of freakishly, freakishly tall bad guy or something, I, I'd have to imagine. But yeah, I don't I don't remember seeing this one, so no real uh, commentary from me on this one. I've never seen it, obviously. But it it's uh, a five point nine, so it ranks ranks higher than most other ones we've seen so far. Yeah. All right, moving on along, we got number forty three, Captain America. Oh, I like Captain. Oh wait, this is Captain <laughs> America nineteen ninety. Well, so the again, movie poster looks so bad. <laughs> uh, another movie in the heyday of comics that I didn't see. 1990. This is this is, would have been when when I was going to the movie theater like every other weekend. And again, <laughs> didn't see it. So it says coming spring 1990 to theaters everywhere. It wasn't like a made-for-TV movie or something. But I would have uh, thought this was made in like the 80s. Like all of these like 90s Marvel movies look like they're made 10 years before they were. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The costume design, the the uh, special effects. Um, yeah. So no no comments for me on this one. I didn't see it. Um, wow, he fights the Red Skull. I may, wow. I may have purchased this from uh, like Walmart in their $5 bin at some point, you know, to say, oh, we should watch this sometime and, and never watched it. <laughs> so that's, that's how... Uh, that's how far it's ranked up on, on my list of things to do. Yep. So moving along, 42, Tank Girl. You ever heard of Tank Girl? Nope. All right. So Tank Girl, I didn't see the movie, but I I fully remember it. And a uh, very artistically visualized movie starring a, a great actress, Lori Petty, uh, who's gone on to do uh, some other great um, roles where she's just fantastic. Uh, most recently she was in the HBO show station 11 did a great part in that one. Uh, she was in orange is the new black had an awesome part in that. So this is her breakout role as tank girl. And the synopsis says a girl is among the few survivors of a dystopian earth riding a war tank. She fights against the tyranny of mega corporation that dominates the remaining <laughs> potable water supply on the planet. So sounds so she, epic. She meets up with uh, Jet Girl. Oh no way! And with her tank and with Jet Girl's <laughs> oh, jet, <laughs> they go off and they uh, they fight against some mega corporation and uh, try to get try to get the water supply back to uh, the world. Ice T plays a character called T Saint. <laughs> nice. Very so, very good. <laughs> so this is like the, the Dune or the Mad Max movie, but with. Uh, with strange characters <laughs> and that's saying a lot, but, uh, I, it's getting, it's got a, I believe it's still got a good cult following. I bet I, it looks I, like it would. I've got to put this on my list of, of movies to see, Definitely. uh, before too long. All right. 
Moving up the list to number 41, Supergirl. Oh, they made a Supergirl movie? 1984, yep. Supergirl, after losing a powerful orb, Kara Zor-El, Superman's cousin, comes to Earth to retrieve it and instead finds herself up against a wicked witch. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> the east, everything the west. Was going, everything was going good until, until this house fell on this lady. Um, yeah, I don't think I saw this one. I, rem- I definitely remember it being out. This was obviously a spinoff from the Superman series. Uh, based- was Superman in it? I uh, don't. If if he was, it was just a short cameo. Mm-hmm. But some of the characters from Superman, um, specifically Mark McClure played Jimmy Olsen, and he played Jimmy Olsen in all of the Superman movies. So he was in this movie. But yeah, this was definitely, uh, again trying to strike gold out of out of a, a pit that they've already been mining in for way yeah. too long. Uh, but they got a uh, you know they got a pretty pretty girl to play Supergirl and nothing wrong with that. And uh, a 4.4 IMDb rating. Not so, horrible. Not horrible. And I'm sure it had some awesome special effects of her flying. <laughs> and rounding off our first 10 movies here up at number 40 is The Crow, the second movie, The Crow, City of Angels. So you know anything about The Crow movies? Nope. There's going to there's gonna be a couple in this. Oh, okay. Um, 1996, this was the second uh, movie. We'll, we'll give more commentary about the original one. It's it's further up the list. Uh, but this, this has a, a separate character for uh, playing the part. So it says, The spirit of the crow resurrects another man seeking revenge for the murder of his son. So again, based on based on the comic books, um, popular character, and the the original series, the original movie that came out in the '90s, it was it was like perfect '90s. Like think about the kind of like uh, grunge rock going on at the time, so that you can imagine what the soundtrack was like. Uh, very <laughs> very dark and goth looking character. Uh, some good grunge music in the background. Nice. And uh, that, that was really enough to sell tickets back then. Um, 4.6 IMDb rating, so not horrible, not uh, blockbuster. But but definitely uh, definitely belongs on this top 50 list. Oh, okay. Cool. Number 39 on our list is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze from 1991. And in this one, the Turtles and Shredder and the Shredder battle once again, this time for the last canister of the ooze that created the Turtles, with which Shredder wants to unleash a army of new mutants. So have you seen any of these uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies? I think I've seen one briefly at like a daycare thing where they just like plugged in a movie. All I remember <laughs> is the Turtles in Japan, and that's all I remember. remember. Oh, okay. So not this one, but we'll see that one on the list, <laughs> I imagine. Um, th- these movies were great when they came out in the, in the 90s. Um, the comic book itself, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book, was a indie comic book, all black and white, printed on like paper that somebody was printing in his house or something. <laughs> um, very low uh, circulation and became so popular. This is like one of the first comics I remember hitting on the... Uh, on the comic book price guides that we would look at every week at being like a couple hundred bucks for for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. And uh, from that, uh, somebody got a hold of that IP and just (laughs) went crazy (laughs) with it. 
so they started cranking out these movies and the movies weren't bad i mean we're we're looking at ninja turtles in the in the heyday of ninjas being popular yeah so yeah nothing wrong with that which What's turtle's that? your favorite I believe Donatello is my favorite. Mm, Leonardo is my favorite because that's not based. On, that's not based on anything other than I liked playing him on the, uh, the four player arcade game uh, the best. Nice. I'd have to watch the movies again to, to tell you which one I, I like the personality of the best. Cause I'm sure there's, there's one that sticks out, but I'm just not, uh, just not catching it right now. All right. Well, next number 38 is the crow salvation. From 2000, Alex Corvus re- returns to the world of the living to solve the murder of a young woman that he has he was wrongly accused of. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> a woman that he was wrongly accused of? The murder of Oh, the of murder a, of a woman. Okay. Yeah, the, they worded that weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it fooled me. Yeah. I had to, like, look back at it. <laughs> so who's who's the big star in this one? Kirsten Dunst, I Kirsten guess. Dunst, yeah. Top billing. Taking a break from Batman or Spider Man, or was this before Spider Man? And spoiler alert, she's not the crow in this ah. one. She's not Alex Corvus. That was played by she's a young say, woman. Eric Mabius. Ah, uh, yeah. Not familiar with, with his work, but uh, yeah, so this would have been the, uh, the third movie in this series that we talked about earlier, and we'll talk a little bit more on once we get to the, uh, I just said moron. <laughs> when we get to the uh, the main crow. All right, what's next? Next is Superman 3 from 1983. Uh, in this one, three. synthetic kryptonite laced with tar splits Superman in two, good Clark Kent, and the bad ma- Man of Steel. So we got yeah, yep. double, double Batman, or double Superman? Why is yep. it like Batman? Yeah, okay. we, we got, got evil evil superman in this one cool yeah and uh more notably this is the superman that stars richard pryor who's one of the best stand-up comedians of all time uh, um, he was he was top of his uh top of his game here in the in the early 80s and someone someone decided hey let's take the funniest guy in the world and put him in the best uh comic book movie of the world and we'll just make the best uh best movie in the world but yeah they were, they were not right oh, this no. was this was not a good one i recognize one of the actors in this one annette Who's o'toole that? who plays lana lang oh yeah she's in she's in virgin river okay yeah and and in smallville right she might have been I, I forget now but but yeah great great actress she's been in a lot of things yeah but yeah so superman 3 Still better than Superman four, but, uh, but <laughs> definitely, definitely belongs in the lower half of this this list for sure. Yeah, she was the mom in Smallville. Okay, that's I, I that's, like that's it when they cool. when they Call do back. that. Yeah, yeah. So Lana Lang becomes his mom. <laughs> All right, number thirty six is Batman Forever from nineteen ninety five. Batman um, Forever. Yeah. Batman must battle former district attorney Harvey Dent, who is now Two-Face, and Edward Nigma, the Riddler, with help from an amorous psychologist and a young circus acrobat who become becomes his sidekick, Robin. That, that just that just sounds like a great movie right there. Robin's it? from a circus? <laughs> yeah, and this uh, 
He came from a, a family of, of circus, uh, like acrobats, like ah. trapeze artists. And something happened to his family, so he was basically like orphaned or something and became wow. the ward of, of uh, Batman. But yeah, this is the one we talked about um, a couple issues ago, a couple episodes ago, that has Jim Carrey playing the, the awesome Riddler. Mm. Uh, Chris O'Donnell is Robin. Tommy Lee Jones did a great job with Two-Face or wow. Harvey Dent. And uh, Nicole Kidman, again, a great actress of this time. I know her. Was in this. Drew Barrymore. I know her, too. Played Sugar. Yeah, this is a, an all-star cast here. Again, they they had the money. And we've even got a John Favreau, a young John Favreau oh, in this wow. movie. I guess I guess that guy likes comic books, doesn't he? Wait, so they had the same Robin, but a different Batman in this movie? Yeah, yeah, Val Kilmer. This is Val Kilmer's one shot at Batman. Oh, but yeah, nothing, nothing wrong okay. with that. He he's got a mask on. How did you know? <laughs> IMDb told me. Oh yeah, that darn IMDb. It's craftier than Enigma, Enigma, Edward Enigma. <laughs> Oh, ah, that yeah, makes sense. See, you see how that works, huh? Yeah. Was that his name in the uh, the recent movie? Did they ever say his name being I'm Edward I'm not sure. Newman? I don't, I don't remember think that. So. Well, number 35 is Barb Wire from 1996. And in this one... During the Second American Civil War in 2017, oh wow, <laughs> Barb Wire owns a nightclub called the Hammerhead. Things become complicated when her ex-lover Axel Hood, who is married to the fugitive Corinna Devonshire, re-enters her life. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah. What a. The Second Civil War, 2017. <laughs> what a what a what a plot. Wow. How, how can we go wrong with this? Now, I can tell you there is there's one reason why this movie exists. Pamela Deep. Anderson. Pamela Anderson, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, again, right, very famous for her, her role in uh, Baywatch. And uh, taking, taking advantage of that and giving her an action film like this, playing uh, Barbed Wire, which I do remember the comic. I didn't ever read it, but I do remember the comic existing and then I remember the movie coming out, but never saw it. A 3.4 IMDb <laughs> rating. Um, but I think I think someone, some uh, Hollywood exec, must have decided that if you if you take the Venn diagram of people who enjoy reading comic books and people who enjoy Pamela Anderson, <laughs> that that uh, you can't go wrong with that. That Venn diagram looking like almost a perfect perfect circle. So, um, just capitalizing on uh, on uh, the goods there. I appreciate the play on words with barbed wire. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty clever. Yep. So what's next? Next is number thirty four, Judge Dredd from nineteen ninety five. In a dystopian future, Joseph Dredd, the most famous judge, a police officer with with instant field judi judiciary powers, is convicted for a crime he did not commit and must face his murderous counterpart. Mm. So a good guy being framed for a bad thing. See, I know almost nothing about Judge Dredd. What I do know is that when I was in seventh grade uh, civics class, 
when we learned about the ju- judicial system, she just kept referencing Judge Dredd, and I'm sure none of us knew who that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're going to see several movies on this list that have been rebooted, and uh, we did have a rebooting of, of this movie uh, later in the 2000s, just called Dread in this case. Uh, and it's play, played by uh, Carl Urban, who is a great actor that has been in a bunch of things that if once you saw him, you'd know everything he's been in. He played that part in Thor. Uh, he was uh, Hela's henchman in Thor. Oh, okay. He's been recently in the in the TV show The Boys, plays a great part in that. So he was Judge Dredd in, in that particular rebooting of this. But this, again, St- Sylvester Stallone, 90s action. You just can't go wrong. Um, I don't remember if I saw it, I didn't see the whole thing because I don't remember ever watching it all the way through. But um, again, Stallone action, 90s. It's a done deal. It's going to sell tickets. What's next? Number 33 is The Return of Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. 1989. In this tongue-in-cheek sequel, the benevolent bog creature falls for the vegetarian plant-loving daughter of the evil scientist who created him. (laughs) Is it a (laughs) rom-com? It sounds like a rom-com. Sure. (laughs) It's it's a sequel. What do you think the uh, original movie was called? Swamp Thing? You got that right. (laughs) We may even see it on the list later on. But yeah, this is... uh, what we got here, 1989, uh, his love interest being Heather Locklear, who is uh, very famous in this time as uh, being in TV shows and being being the pretty girl, basically, in all the TV shows that she was in. So not a bad uh, casting for uh, a vegetarian, plant-loving daughter <laughs> of an evil scientist. Who, who are we going to get to play that? Uh, I think Heather Locklear, of course. Oh my gosh. So yeah, Swamp Thing, a, a comic that I did not read very often, but I do remember seeing it on the shelves. Yeah, what can you say? Tongue in cheek. At least it admits that <laughs> they had no intent of this being a serious movie. Nice. Okay, next up is Bulletproof Monk. Okay, I've never heard of this. <laughs> um, based on... The very underground comic book of the same name, that makes sense, a Tibetan monk becomes a mentor to a young street punk and tries t- teaching him how to protect the scroll of ultimate power from a secret Nazi organization bent on world domination. Yeah. So is this Doctor Strange meets Captain America? Like <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is 2003, so not one that I saw. I definitely heard of it. 2003 I was a little busy raising little kids uh, so I wasn't going to the movie theater that often but I definitely remember this coming out uh, the, the main star being Chow Young Fat who uh, in this in this time period lots of karate based um, action movies with uh, Jackie Chan and, and all them Chow Young Fat was one of these action stars mm. and uh, what I didn't know so I, as soon as I saw the name Bulletproof uh, monk i knew i knew it was chow young fat i remembered that much what i didn't know was the young street punk was being played by sean william scott do you do you know sean william scott nope he's he's been in some uh, a lot of the movies of that early 2000s he was in the uh original american pie he was in uh dude where's my car 
Did I watch that? You've certainly seen Dude, Where's My Car, right? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's that's one of the movies that is so stupid you just got to watch it. Um, but he he plays a, a great part. He always plays a very similar part. Uh, never a very serious character, of course. So mm-hmm. I was very surprised to see him in this um, action movie. But yeah, we might might have to watch this one someday. Uh, Chow Young Fat did did a lot of great action movies in this time period. So what's All next? Right. Number thirty one is Men in Black Two, one I have seen. Um, in this, Agent J is set, sent to find Agent K and restore his memory after the reappearance of a case from K's past. So K being Tommy Lee Jones, right? Yeah. And, and J being, being Will, Smith. Will Smith. Okay. So, yeah, I've, I've definitely seen this movie. Sometimes I get them all mixed up. but Yeah. I, I know I've seen this, but they all kind of blur together that I, don't, I couldn't tell you which one this is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good... This, this is one that surprised me being on the list, not because it deserves to be in the top 50 list, because it definitely does. I love all the Men in Black movies. But it surprised me because I didn't have any clue that this came from an atomic comic book. And it looks like yeah, from I Malibu Comics. Malibu wow. Comics, a much smaller uh, independent than some of the other ones that we've seen movies coming from. So good good deal. Yeah. Can't go, can't go wrong with an MIB. Right. All right, next up, number 30 is Spawn from 1997. An elite mercenary is killed but comes back from hell as a reluctant soldier of the devil. So what do you know about Spawn? Nothing. Have you heard of Spawn? I've heard of Spawn. Okay. So Spawn, um, in this time period, huge comic. And huge comic because of, of who created him. And that was Todd McFarlane. So Todd McFarlane in the uh, in the early '90s is coming off of his rebooting of the Spider-Man series. Um, if you think of the modern look of Spider-Man comics with what they call the the spaghetti webs, um, he he designed that. He he made that popular. Gave a a great look to the uh, the Spider-Man series that came out then there in the '90s. Got so popular and uh, ended up making his own comic. Um, which was Spawn. So Spawn was his first big independent uh, comic. And I do have uh, Spawn issue number one, which is one of my prize collections. Not, I don't know if it's worth anything, but I just think thought it was cool that, wow, this is something starting from the ground floor, <laughs> right? This is, this is this guy getting so famous that he's breaking off and starting his own thing, so I'm going to support that. And uh, I still have that comic somewhere in one of my, one of my archive boxes. Nice. But yeah, this is a it was a, a good action movie, a little dark and weird. It's got John Leguizamo, you know him? I know him. So he's probably most notably these days for voicing who the sloth and uh, Yeah, and the, uh, and Bruno. Oh, he he did Bruno, that's yeah. right. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> but yeah, so he played the clown, and if you see the screenshot there on on IMDb for the trailer, that's the clown, and he played uh, a hilarious part. It was, uh, it was a hilarious part. Um, good movie, good movie. Definitely deserves to be on this list. All right, we are up to number twenty-nine on our list, and number twenty-nine is The Punisher, nineteen eighty-nine. The Punisher. So there's been a couple Punishers. Obviously, the the TV series that, that came on Netflix most recently, but. 
there was a couple other Punishers that, that happened, but this is all the way back in 1989 with an actor, uh, Dolph Lundgren, who again, Dolph Lundgren was uh, coming off of a famous role back there, back 1985. He was the uh, Ivan Drago character in Rocky IV. Uh. So he was the, the Russian, uh, huge, you know, muscular Russian that had to fight against Rocky. Mm-hmm. So let's let's cast a huge blonde Russian guy for the Punisher. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going to have to color his hair black, grow it out a little bit, uh, hopefully give him a New York accent. So yeah, hopefully. so when, when Frank Castle's family is murdered by criminals, he wages war on crime as a vigilante assassin known only as the Punisher. So Dolph Lundgren, uh, besides his Rocky movie, had a lot of movies uh this was probably one of the first ones that he was uh, lead role in, but a lot of movies in the, in the late eighties, early nineties as an action star. And I just ate them all up. I would <laughs> go down to the, the movie rental place and rent Dolph Lundgren movie after Dolph Lundgren movie. None of them were blockbusters, but I just loved watching them all. So you combine, uh, you combine that kind of, that kind of star power with a, a series like the Punisher. You can just can't go wrong. You have you've seen this one before? I don't think so. I've seen one of the Punishers. Yeah, probably not this one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to dig this one up somewhere and, and watch it someday. All right, moving up the list to number twenty eight. Here's a movie that I know you've seen. I've seen it. Howard the Duck, yep. nineteen eighty six. A sarcastic humanoid duck is pulled from his home world to Earth, where he must stop an alien invasion with the help of a nerdy scientist. And a struggling female rock singer. That that Sounds just screams like a perfect movie. '80s plot right there, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Howard the Duck, um, a a small niche of a comic book character, but quirky enough to uh, to gain the attention of a lot of fans. And uh, you got to make a movie in that case. You got to make a movie. Yep. Um, if you look at the people that played Howard the Duck. There's a lot of them. Why are there so many? Why are there so many Howard the Ducks? Uh, well, there's, there's got to be <laughs> probably a uh, a voice actor for him, uh-huh. obviously. And then a lot of times in, in movies like this where they had, you know, this was before CGI, so you had a, a human actor um, playing the part. Um, like back in the E.T. days, there was more than one person that did E.T., more than one person uh, that did R2-D2, that kind of stuff. So Uh-oh. probably had several actors that would uh, that would perform these, uh, this, you know, maybe one for stunt, stunt mm. type stuff, one for walking around full body shots, one for close-ups, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but got to love Howard the Duck. It's so good. Only... Only mildly inappropriate for. <laughs> Why is it rated PG? <laughs> the the ratings were a little different boost? back then. <laughs> ratings were a little different back then. That's crazy. Good movie. Yeah. Good movie. <laughs> it definitely should be on everybody's bucket list of, of movies definitely. to watch. And I'm glad they've like rebooted him a little bit as as cameos in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah, and maybe someday we'll see him uh, happen again. Hopefully. All right. Moving up the list to number 27, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. So here's the one you remember. Okay. Remember is a strong word. When their closest friend, April O'Neil, discovers an ancient scepter with magical powers, 
the turtles must cowabunga their way back to the 17th <laughs> century Japan to rescue her from the evil clutches of Lord Norinaga. Hmm. All right. So we, we got to get the ninjas in Japan somehow, right? Yeah. Might as well time travel them back to uh, the days of the samurai. I mean, they are ninjas. That's right. So, yeah, third movie in, in the series of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I believe that was the last one before they took a hiatus for many years. Obviously rebooted in the in the 2000s with uh, yeah. two or three movies that uh, looks very similar <laughs> to <laughs> these. The, uh, the actors don't look very, very different, but the special effects are probably a lot better than the newer ones. But yeah, fun time. Get the get the ninjas. Uh, yeah. Get the turtles back in ancient Japan. Pretty cool. Nothing wrong with that. Number I, see, I do see a lot of white actors though in the cast. It's a little concerning. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Uh, Japan. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Different, next. Different time. <laughs> next, number twenty-six on our list: mystery men. Some mystery men, a group of inept amateur superheroes, must try to save the day when a supervillain threatens to destroy a major superhero and the, and the city. Oh, it's right. Ben Stiller. Yeah. So we got a, a ragtag group of people that need to save the day with Ben Stiller, William H. Macy, Janine Graffalo, Hank Azaria, Paul Rubens. You know Paul Rubens? I don't think so. You may know him by his stage name. Pee Wee Herman. Oh, okay, yeah. Greg Kinnear, Jeffrey Rush, Eddie Izzard, Artie Lang, uh, all star cast of of people. So this is uh, yeah, not a movie I've seen. Nineteen was it? Nineteen ninety nine. Six point one on the IMDb rating. This might be one that we have to put on the list of, of things to watch. It uh, looks silly. It's yeah, it's got a great cast, so it, it can't be bad, right? Right. Wait. Didn't we say earlier in the episode that <laughs> <laughs> we had a great cast? But it, great it cast horrible. equals great movie. Yeah, hundred percent success. Oh, always it always works. So that gets us through the first twenty-five movies of this list, and we're gonna chop the list in half and call it an episode. We are going to come back next week with the top twenty-five. I know you guys are are waiting anxiously. You'll be waiting anxiously for that list as we go through what Amber referred to as the good movies. <laughs> I don't know what you're insinuating, the, the ones but that I know movies, but, but yeah, fun time of this list so far, Amber, is there a movie that, that you just have to go see now? Tank girl. Tank girl. Okay. Yeah. It looks yeah, we will, so weird. <laughs> We will search that one out. We will find that. For me, if I if I have to put one on my list, I think it's going to be this Mystery Men, just because mm. of the cast. Um, I don't know how much you know about Janine Graffalo, but she is nope. she is a great actress who always plays a very sarcastic female part. Oh, she was in Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's funny. Very funny. Very funny actress. And Ben Stiller, I think he's done a couple things, right? Yeah, a small actor. Small actor, yeah. yeah. It's good that they gave him a part in a movie like yeah. this with, with all these other heavy hitters. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as we counted down from 50 to 26 on the top 50 comic book movies of all time, asterisk, starting in 2003. <laughs> 
And uh, we'll come back next week and count down the rest of them. As always, thank you guys for listening. Peace out. And geek out. Bye-bye. Danny's not here to say, how do you stop this thing? (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Family Geekery Podcast. For more information, visit www.familygeekery.com. Don't forget to subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. And until next time, peace out and geek out.